Welcome, you are listening to the Overseas Life Redesign Podcast, where you'll hear fun, relaxed, and inspirational interviews with people who are really living the dream. I'm Dawn Fleming, an attorney turned alchemist, and your host for the show, coming to you from the tropical island paradise of Isla Mujeres, Mexico. Listen to conversations with courageous souls who've stepped out of their comfort zone and designed a new way of life. They'll share their experiences, wisdom and offer practical steps you can take to redesign your life overseas. Listen and you'll believe if you can dream it, you can achieve it. Okay, I'm here with Becky McCormick and I'm really excited to be able to chat with you. You just literally moved from the United States to here to Mexico and you said you're a retired librarian. I am. We moved here a week ago. Um, today is Wednesday. We moved last Monday. So I'm so excited to be here. We, My husband and I retired in 2016 and we decided we came here on vacation. And we decided that we fell in love with the place and we said we're going to move here when we retire. And so uh, when we retired then we decided, hey, let's go. Pack up all of our stuff, get rid of 90% of the stuff that we don't need, and we moved. And so, but then we ran into a little hiccup because my brother got sick and we decided we have to move back to the States to take care of him. And so we did, and he has since passed away. And we had a little French bulldog, and my dog passed away, so we are free. Now to move back to the island and I just love Okay, so this is actually the second time you've moved. Correct. When, when was the first time? How long was In it? In 2016. So so you did retired. make the move right after you retired? Yeah. Uh-huh. And then ended up having to go. Yes. How long were you here for? Uh, approximately four months. Oh, not too long. Yeah. Okay, so you really no. didn't even have time to no. get into the And it was hot here. here then and... Like, oh, let's just go back, take care of my brother. And so we did that. And and now we just decided that uh, we tried again, move back. Okay. So in 2016, was that the first time that you had come here on vacation? No. We had come here probably in 2009. Our very first trip was in 2009. We stayed at Islam Muhedi's Palace. It made some really good friends. We're still friends with those people. Nice. And so uh, we fell in love then. And we decided when we retired, like I said before, that when we moved. So in 2016, that was uh, So it was about that. seven years after yeah. from the first time that you came. Yeah. So did you travel to any other places to kind of get a feel for, you know, if there was some other area that you might consider? Well, a friend of mine and I took a vacation, a week-long vacation to Punta Cana in the Dominican Republic. But I I liked it there, but I really, really loved Isla. And I wanted to come back. And aside from the Dominican, I haven't been anywhere else. Okay. We made so many friends here and so many people to help us with things that we needed. Was that kind of the determining factor? Was that the, the main reason you feel for the move, or were there other things um, as well? The main reason, actually, is the monetary. 
because we can't afford to live in the U.S. because of all the health insurance issues and, you know, things are much cheaper down here. Um, some things are much cheaper down here. So uh, we decided that, uh, you know, so many people talk about, oh, when I retire, I'm going to move to the island. My parents were that way. I'm going to move to wherever. And then they don't end up doing it. Then they sit on their butt and nothing gets done and they pass away, never knowing, you know, their dream. Never so, dream. Yeah. you know, we decided, by golly, we're not going to do that and we're going to fulfill our dream. Good for you. Yeah. Bravo. Yes, you're right. I think uh, far too many people do talk about that and, and uh, it's kind of sad. Um, I, it, is. it is. So talk to me about the, you know, the, the things, the challenges that you had or, you know, things you could have used some help with or what, what that experience was like. Well, and you actually did it twice, so I don't know. Did you have to kind of go through that whole process all over again the second time or, or did you, were you schooled in the process from the first time? Tell me a little bit. Well, actually, we, my husband and I, have our permanent residency now. Uh, we got that the last time we were here. Um, I kind of made some friends on Facebook and um, did some research online and I knew the requirements to get our permanent resident visa and we the the whole complicated issue I think for us was getting all those ducks in a row all your retirement um, how much you get for retirement every month, how much social security do we get, um, you know, when can I collect my social security. The process first starts in the consulate closest to your house. In our case, we lived in Missouri, so our consulate was in Kansas City, Missouri. So all, all that we did, um, not all, but we took all our documentation to Kansas City, and we applied for our visa. Fill out the forms, submit all your all your documentation. But was that temporary, or that was permanent? Right that out was of the permanent. Gate? Okay, right so you just went for gate. permanent. Yeah, right out of the because we qualified for permanent residency because we were retired. The retirement right visa, okay. and we had enough income with our investments and so forth that we required straight off the bat for a permanent and I was like there's no point in going, going through that temporary right. might as well get it straight off the bat so we did we went to Kansas City applied um, we had a interview with the Kansas City consulate about two weeks later um, they usually tell you six months I was so shocked when they called and said, you have an appointment. They called us on a Friday and said, you have an appointment on Monday. We were shocked how short time it took after we applied and submitted everything to get an interview for the process. And we went in. It was a little easier for me because I spoke Spanish already. Um, people who don't speak Spanish that want to apply for either the temporary or the permanent resident really need to take someone with them and speak Spanish. Um, and so, yeah, if you don't speak Spanish, it would have been kind of a hard deal. So 
that was finished, when that was finished on our end, meaning the U.S. end, then the process starts in Cancun. And that is a long and drawn out process. I wasn't familiar really with the Mexican way of doing things until I got here the first time in 2016. Um, it's a bunch of G trending all of this paperwork and then come back tomorrow. Well, we didn't realize tomorrow when Mexico could have been next month. You know, so that mañana does mean tomorrow. No, it means someday. And no, it means not it, today. Yeah, not today. <laughs> it it's really funny because those those things that you hear, you know, mañana doesn't mean tomorrow. They're really true. Yeah, that was that was something. Now, did you hire anybody to help you in that process, or you did it all by yourself? I did it all by myself. Had some help from an expat here on the island. The website makesperience.com was a great help. I'm finding a lot of the the islanders so wonderful and accommodating. If I had any questions, all I had to do was ask. Um, more so, I think than to tell them where I'm from the Indies. Okay. Would you recommend somebody doing it themselves? Or, or uh, I know we had our accountant um, and his sister is an uh, immigration attorney, so they have been handling all of that for us. Ours is a little bit different because we were, we had a Mexican corporation and we were applying to work here. Right. So that's a different that's ball game. That's a whole yeah. different ball game. <laughs> so I maybe would... the retirement one might not be too bad to try to do by yourself, but if you're going to do something. I mean, um, I had heard various people have told me, oh, it's going to take you a couple of years to get your residency. It's not going to be quick. You have to hire an attorney. You cannot do it yourself. Um, but my, you didn't really find that to be the case. No, yeah. I did not. Okay. But there again, I spoke Spanish, and it wasn't that hard to complete the paperwork that they needed. The main thing for us was the trips back and forth to Cancun. I mean, I probably went to Cancun five or six different times in the, so it wasn't anything difficult. It was um, more the running back and time forth. Time consuming. Time consuming. And the expense, yes. obviously, to travel. And the expense, because, yeah, yes. Because um, when you're just getting your permanent residency, you don't have the uh, less expensive ferry tickets, and so that's right. every time you're paying you the travel, tourist prices, and everything. yeah, you're paying Good tourist point. prices on the ferry every time you go. Over. Yeah, and it was a lot. Yeah, no, it's it's considerably higher. So, um, so talk to me a little bit about the cultural difference. It sounds like you, uh, out of the gate with this residency process, got the lesson in patience that Americans sorely need um, who come to Mexico, right? But um, <laughs> but other than that, I mean, how has it been culturally for you coming from Missouri to, to Mexico? I mean, culturally, they have a rich, deep heritage here on that island. Um, not to say we in Missouri do not, but our heritage might go back, what, a couple hundred years. 250 years, you know, and they were here in Egypt. Thousands. Thousands. So, I mean, it's a very, it's a deeper heritage. Uh, I find that 
a lot of the Mexican people, or most of the Mexican people, have a deep um, religious type to them. Because I noticed when I was here the first time, the taxi drivers, you know, they would drive by the church, and the first thing they would do is cross themselves while driving by the church. But um, the people here are so accommodating, they're so nice. Especially if you speak a little Spanish. I mean, it's not... I recommend that anyone come here that speaks any more than gracias. You know, donde esta el baño? As long as they try to speak a little Spanish, you get a lot further and a lot more accommodating, at least if you try. And I think that is is the lesson that people ought to learn from that is please just try, make an effort. And I found that um, things that would cost a certain thing, if you would just speak Spanish and kind of bargain, you can you can get things cheaper than than you could if you stood at your guns and said, No, I'm gonna speak nothing but English. Well, you're not gonna get as far as those people maybe that that would I love the island. I can't say enough about it. It's just wonderful. So you retired, so do you have what do you do to keep busy? Have you um, gotten involved with any activities or do you have any hobbies or what what do you like to do? Um I like of course I like the beach, but uh, those of us who moved here have to realize also, and this is what I learned the first time as well, you can't spend eight hours on the beach. Every day. In one day. <laughs> you get a little, um, how shall I say, hurtful? <laughs> you get hurt. So I try not to do that. Yesterday we spent four hours at the uh, beach club and I'm finding out that's plenty. That's enough. That's yeah. enough. So um, I, I read and when you move down here, you don't have really a whole lot of room for books. So I do have lots of books on my Kindle, and I read. And my husband also is a reader. We're a retired librarian, so that makes sense. I would like to get more involved with Isla animals. I, I love animals, and I'm a firm believer in rescue, so I would like to do that. And I've discovered wonderful group that Dawn introduced me to, the Sisters of Perpetual Disorder, and I think that's a wonderful resource that if you need anything, these ladies are very accommodating. Very helpful. Yeah, Yeah. and if you have any questions or anything, you know, very helpful, and and the Islanders are helpful as well. I need to know where to get my driver's license. That was a question I had about, you know, when we first moved here, and all you have to do is ask, and they'll be glad to tell you where where you go to do that. And you go there, you ask what documents you need, and then come back with them. And solve yeah, them. I actually did that too. I went to the. They said, "Oh, you know, here's where you go." And so I did. And I, she was telling me all the documents, and I speak enough Spanish I could understand what she said. But there was a list of things, so. I, uh, I said, you know, it's three day. And so she wrote it all out for me on a little piece of paper. So I had that to take with me. They were very kind and very confident. And 
and like you say, I think the, the fact that I was making an effort to communicate in Spanish, um, they're very helpful. Oh, the fairy ladies were, this morning to me, I did the very same thing. I said, you know, what do I need to bring back to get the resident fairy card? The discount card, you know? yeah. yeah. So, and I had her write it out as well, so yeah. we're on the same page there. <laughs> we'll be back in a moment. Isla Mujeres is a Caribbean jewel off the coast of Cancun. Castillito del Caribe warmly invites you to enjoy our spectacular oceanfront villa located in the heart of El Centro and a short walk to Playa Norte, which is ranked one of the top 10 beaches in the world. With an ocean view of crystal clear turquoise waters overlooking both the Caribbean and Cancun city skyline, we offer a fabulous location for you to enjoy all the peace and tranquility you're looking for on vacation, while also taking in all the excitement the island has to offer, with activities either in walking distance or a golf cart day excursion away. Please visit castellitocaribe.com www.castellitocaribe.com We look forward to seeing you soon. Integrity Vacation Property Management Trust, Truth, Results From buyer's representative services to rental market analysis, staging, marketing, and full-service property management, achieving your goals is our top priority. Visit our website at www.integrityvpm.com and get our free guide, Self-Manage or Hire, a property owner's checklist of issues to consider. Contact us for a free consultation to see if we can help you maximize the return on your investments. Integrity VPM, raising the bar in vacation property management. Welcome back to the Overseas Life Redesign podcast. Thank you so much for being here. And we invite you to subscribe if you like what you hear. So, okay, so let's go back to your, your move and um, talk to me about anything that road bumps that you had along the way or some of the challenges. What, what else? Um, you mentioned the retirement or the financial part of it. Yes. Um, getting a handle on that mm-hmm. obviously is very important. You need to know yes. what your income is, that you have to live on. Mm-hmm. Anything else? You know, I think the, the one hard thing was before we left, deciding what we made on the island. Because before we moved, I believe, in three suitcases. And we were coming from a two-story, four-bedroom house to three suitcases. And it was, you know, the Americans, I found out, collect more stuff. And we, you know, going through your belongings that you've had your entire life and saying, do I really need this in Mexico? So it's very hard and very, it makes you think a lot about your life. You Uh you go through and you say, oh man, you know, I can't live without this. Then you get here, find, oh, why did I bring that? I don't need that. Why am I doing that? So did you end up selling um, most things? Did you put how, did you put anything in storage for later? Or, you know, we well, never put that? anything in storage. Okay. The first time we left, we sold everything. Just okay. everything. Get rid of it. Just Get stop. rid of it. I don't need it. <laughs> I've been collecting this pattern of dishes for 45 years. I don't need it. I'm done. No, no, no. I'm amazed at my, at my 
thinking now, my way of thinking. I don't want any. I don't collect anything anymore. I don't pick up stuff that I used to. You know, I see a pen on the ground. I pick it up. I don't do that anymore. I don't want this. And so it's kind of, kind of refreshing. Okay, liberating. Huh? To be yeah. minimalist, you know. I don't need that. But when you get on the island, that it makes you think too. Well. Maybe I should have brought that, or maybe, you know, we haven't done that this time. So I think we learned a lot the first time. You know, this time we bought a golf cart, because last time we didn't have any transportation. And it was very, you know, uh, we lived downtown, but that you do need transportation when you live downtown, really. Um, we live in La Colonia this time. We live in La Gloria. So if we want to come up here, really need a golf cart or a scooter. No, my husband and I decided we we wanted a golf cart. So okay, yeah. So and then you're renting. You did, did not. Um, did you sell your house back there, or were you we renting? did? Okay, we sold our house. So you sold your house, and you mm-hmm. just decided to yeah. to rent here. Yeah. Uh, did you consider buying? Any we property did not or? because okay. we don't have the income. And we never really wanted to buy anything because our first experience with buying in the United States was so poor. I didn't really, we didn't make money when we sold the house and oh, you the did. real estate market. It was bad. We were like, ah, I'm not doing that again. Okay. So we figured, yeah, we'll just rent here. So okay. we've got a nice little house now, but we're going to move into a really tiny two-bedroom apartment. Here in May, so okay, and that's a long-term rental. Yes, now. it is. We're gonna we've signed up at least for a year, okay. and so where it's all good, you know, that'll make us even more decide what do we really want to take <laughs> and what we're Downside really don't again. Need. Yeah. yeah, really. <laughs> but uh, and I found that apartment online actually on the Asylum short-term rental group. Okay, and. I recommend to everyone, you know, do your research. Like I said, I'm a former librarian, so research to me is key. Are good at that. (laughs) Is key. Don't do anything without doing your research. Try to find out the place you're going. Try to do a little background investigation and stuff like that. Research is is it. Um, Is there anything that I didn't ask you that you'd like to add? Well, I I have gotten, well, I'm beginning to get used to the heat. Now, see, I'm from Missouri, so it's, it's dang hot Missouri in the summer. But it's nothing like this. It's so humid in Missouri, but it's it's different kind of heat. I really can't explain it. You know, the old standard, oh, it's a dry heat. <laughs> right. No. Well, one thing I noticed, maybe this is, is the case, the sea breeze makes yes. a huge difference. Yes, uh, you, it does. You don't have that stagnant air when it's humid, because I'm from the Midwest, too. I'm from Minnesota, so yeah, yeah. it can be very humid up there yeah. as well. You've got all the lakes and everything, but there's like a can be like stif- a stifling oh, humidity yeah. where there's no air movement yeah. and you don't really have that here sometimes if, if the wind sometimes. blows it can get like that but it's not very often it's very hot though and i'm i'm i hear tell you get used to it so i'm looking forward to that when i'm not here like the 
by the Caribbean or something like that. I get I get really hot, but that's okay. I'll get used to it. Yeah, I yeah. think so. <laughs> I think you get to it. Yeah. So you said that, you, that there were some questions you wanted to ask me. Oh, my questions are more, you know, like health insurance. Oh my goodness. My husband and I are doing some research right now on health insurance and we can't make high hair out of it, you know? And I was wondering what what your thoughts were. Sure. That's a great question and um, I may lean into you on your research. <laughs> <laughs> Actually, there's a I did find a resource um, just this past week. But for right now, um, my husband's 10 years older than I am. So he's actually 67. So he's been eligible for Medicare for the past two years. So before that, we both had the same policy that I have right now, which was purchased through a small business association. And um, it was, I pay $225 a month. Now, once you turn 60 in Mexico, if you have the Imapan card, you actually have access to free health care, the public system. There's two, two systems in Mexico. There's the public and there's the private. If you're employed, you also have access to the public system if you're paying through, mm -hmm. you know, through a, you know, legitimately through a, a right. employer. Now, what I was um, wanting to look into is from what I've gathered, and again, I haven't really come to any definitive answer, but $225 a month is actually a good chunk to be able to put towards an international health insurance plan and then, you know, basically switch over. Because if anything happened and I needed to use that, I don't believe there would be coverage here. However, in talking to people, I mean, the prices are so much lower than what we paid. I mean, right. you can get a doctor to make a house call. Dr. Salas comes for, you know, 500 pesos, $25 for a house call. Yeah. And the cost of services are a fraction of what you pay in the United States. So my thought is, well, that U.S. policy is there should something major happen. Mm -hmm. I could go back there for, mm -hmm. for health care. However... Based on the research that I've done, and my first husband was a doctor, so I basically went through U.S. medical school with him, and mm -hmm. kind of that was during the time when it changed from right. the old way of practicing medicine to right. this, you know, new age. Every you know, people interfere with that relationship. Uh -huh. So I am not particularly um, thrilled with the way medicine has evolved in the United States to yeah, begin with. They either. they think they are the best in the world. They are not. By a long shot, statistically, you, you can see all the you know international organizations that rank right. care for the especially for the amount of money that Americans pay. They're really getting shortchanged in terms of services. I so I don't know that I would want to go back to the United States to get something taken care of. I think I would almost rather do it here or Europe or somewhere else um, if I had that option. So there, from what I've gathered, there are policies that are particularly affordable, but they don't cover you in the United States for that reason, because things are so inflated. So I'm actually okay with that. If Me I were too. to get that type of a policy where I have access to international uh, care yes. and not the United States, I, I think I would be fine with that. Yeah. I just haven't. I haven't taken the time because, you know, we've been doing the construction and, you know, there's just been a lot. It's on the list. And as I build out this um, new business, 
that is something that I think everybody coming from the United States is oh, very interested yes. in. So I need to get up to speed on that myself. So maybe we can kind of share notes on, on what right. you've come across. You you don't look old enough to be uh, eligible for Medicare yet. You're, is your husband? No. Yes. Okay. My husband's eight years older than I okay. am, so he already qualifies. So he's for got Medicare. the Medicare. And there are emergency services. There are. In, yeah. Under Medicare. So yes. that's what Tom has. And then, like I said, he's got the, and then he'll want to get the Imapan card. Uh huh, yes. Which would entitle him to the free yes. services. Yes, see, that's what we want to get as well. I have heard from another expat now. I don't know if this is true or not. I really like social media, but. Some of the times on social media, people listen to social media more than they should. Because on, on some of the idling groups, there's a, you know rumors now that they aren't giving out enough home cards anymore. And I so that too. I don't know that for a fact because I have not tried to get one yet. So, but I think it would be a rare, very helpful for those of us who are first coming to Isla or Mexico to sit down and write like an FAQ of things that, you know, here you go here. You need to bring these documents to go here. Um, rather than this social media outlet. Well, that's what, in part why I wrote the diets. And because, that is so good. I love that. And dog. maybe that's an, an area of expansion that we yeah. can include so that, so you know, true. if you need to get a driver's license, here's where you go, here's what you need. That's if you want to get the discount for yeah. the fare, here's where you go, here's what you need. Yes. Yeah. Um, that would help a lot of expats and a lot of those of us who, who moved to Mexico to to retire. You know, we, we've got to know. But, you know, on the other hand, there have been instances that I've been aware of that sometimes the prices aren't what they say they are because sometimes a beach club will say, well, it costs 350 pesos to use our beach or whatever, but sometimes it doesn't. So well, that's confusing yeah. as well. But uh, And things do change as well. I know, you know, for example, in the guide I put, there were a couple of restaurants that were taking credit cards with my girlfriend that's staying here this week. She loves those restaurants, and she just told me, she goes, they don't take credit cards anymore. And then she said, but I think they do at night for dinner. Like, like we don't take them for breakfast or lunch, but we'll take them for dinner. I, you know, I, it's the craziest thing. I'm like, what do you mean? Either you take credit cards or you don't, no, right? I mean, right. not certain times of day and certain meals. So I haven't been able to figure that out. I probably will go down there sometime and say, hey, what, what gives here? Because um, yeah. that's can be an important consideration if somebody's out of cash and they, you know, the ATMs aren't working, they don't have any U.S. money to exchange anymore. So, you know, we do, and and the U.S., of course, is so reliant on plastic. Oh, yeah. I found that out, too. Yeah. Yeah, you rely on cash here. Yeah, it's very much cash-based, so um, having to to know. But, again, you know, sometimes it's it's difficult to stay on top of it and really... Uh, if they make a change like that, you know, you think you're giving accurate information and then also, right. oh, no, we changed our mind, we're doing it this way. So it can be, and same thing with, uh, I did see as well on social media, there was a, one of the beach clubs down at the South End was, had a policy where if you went in there, they didn't charge for the, t- the chairs and the umbrellas. And then all of a sudden, the next time they did. So, you know, like 
I guess you need to ask is the answer every right. time and mm -hmm. say, you know, what is the, the deal? Are you going to charge me separately or are you going to, you know, waive it if right. we're, you know, and is there a minimum? How much is it? You know. Right. Um, and we went to a beach club, you know, yesterday and we, we didn't go to the beach club that we were thinking about doing it because there were there was a charge for their mm -hmm. chairs and umbrellas. So we chose a different beach club to go to because of that mm -hmm. consideration. Anything else? I'm kind of having to learn to slow down and have patience and you know, it's a lot, lot different lifestyle down here on the and it's a, not a bad one, people. People do need to realize you don't hurry around like you do in the States. It's just something back and uh, it'll get done whenever you're, you know, you get all your information, you go. And if they say, come back mañana, you just take a deep breath and you come back mañana. Yeah. This episode of the Overseas Life Redesign podcast was brought to you by our sponsors. Thanks for tuning in. Did you love this episode of the Overseas Life Redesign podcast? Then please subscribe to our show and leave us a nice review. It's very much appreciated. We invite you to visit www.overseasliferedesign.com and take the Are You Ready for an Overseas Life Relocation Readiness Quiz. We'd also love for you to become part of our OLR community on Facebook. Thank you for listening.